I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. This afternoon, John Brennan finally got his chance to face his critics in Congress as confirmation hearings for President Obama's choice for new CIA chief got underway in the Senate. The hearings were suspended briefly after Brennan's opening statement was interrupted by protesters. Brennan's nomination has been a lightning rod for critics of the administration's policy on unmanned aerial vehicles, or drones. He's been instrumental in crafting that policy as White House counterterrorism chief. One of the most controversial parts of the policy is its effects on civilians in countries like Pakistan and Yemen. Many have been killed alongside the targeted terrorism suspects. And on top of that, entire populations in areas where strikes often take place are traumatized. Asia Bundawi zeroed in on that part of the story in Sana'a, Yemen. Down a dimly lit corridor in the only burn unit hospital in Yemen lie the severely burned bodies of Sultan Ahmed Mohammed and Nasser Makbuta Sabuli. They're conscious, but barely able to speak out loud. Sultan tells me his name and mutters just one sentence before closing his eyes. The plane struck me, he says. I met the two last September. They were victims of an attack that officially never happened. At the hospital, Abdurrahman Barman, an attorney who runs Hud, a Yemeni human rights organization that advocates for the rights of drone victims, explained to me how this minibus driver and his cousin from a rural town in central Yemen ended up barely conscious in a hospital in the capital. There was a minibus full of 14 people, including a woman and her two children. They were headed to the city. Two of the airplanes without pilots arrived. One of them came low enough that the passengers of the bus could see it, and it released the first missile. After it hit the car, there were still some people alive. And then the second missile was launched, and it killed everyone except three. Immediately after the strike, the Yemeni government announced that it had killed al-Qaeda militants. But families of the civilian victims, in coordination with Houd, threatened to bring the burned corpses of the victims, including two children and their mom, to the presidential palace. Soon after, the Yemeni government changed its tone, and an official from the president's office called the strike an accident. This was a rare confession by Yemeni officials, but the U.S. government has never officially acknowledged its role in conducting any drone strikes in Yemen, much less disclosed how many civilians have been killed. But according to the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, drones have killed more than 1,100 people in Yemen alone. But no one's really sure. The Yemenis feel that they're no longer um, safe at their homes, roads, and marketplace. Ibrahim Qatabi is a Yemeni-American human rights activist with the Center for Constitutional Rights in New York. He says that while it's difficult to know for sure the number of civilians killed, one thing is certain the impact the program has had on life in general in places like southern Yemen, where drone strikes can occur weekly, is profound. They have the feeling that any of them can be killed at any given time for crimes they didn't commit. There's no rule of law that will protect them, so they feel unsafe. Many critics of the U.S. covert drone program say people in Yemen today live with a collective sense of insecurity, waiting for disaster to rain down on them from the heavens at any given time. And that, says Noreen Shaw, tears apart the fabric of society. She's director of the Human Rights Clinic at Columbia University Law School and author of the report called The Civilian Impact of Drones. People are afraid of sending their children out uh, to go to school. They're afraid of going outside and, and maybe engaging more with 
you know, other parts of the community because of that fear. There's a, a deep psychological impact on people because of the sound of drones flying overhead. Under international law, governments are supposed to investigate attacks that kill civilians. But because the drone program in Yemen doesn't officially exist, the U.S. won't acknowledge the strikes. So no drone strikes means no dead civilians and no compensation to survivors or the families of victims. As a result, Ibrahim Qatibi says Yemenis lash out, looking for justice. What happens usually is that if the tribe is strong enough, they will block roads to main cities and they will protest in the cities, prompting the government to actually send some sort of mediators, government officials, and tribal leaders to try to work out some deals with the families of the victims. Ibrahim says that oftentimes tribes who have never had any affiliation with al-Qaeda or animosity towards the United States will attack U.S. targets to avenge the killing of their family members. Many in Yemen say that the drone war is having the effect of creating more militants than it's killing. That point is hotly contested in the halls of Washington. But Noreen Shah of the Columbia University Law School says that what is certain is that in places where drones are used regularly, people believe that the U.S. views their lives as disposable. Because the program isn't acknowledged, because there's no recognition of the harm, people come away with nothing. We're not just talking about losing the chance at compensation. That's incredibly important, but we're also talking about losing the chance at possibly offer some kind of recognition and dignity to the families that have been left devastated. Nasser can relate. He's the minibus driver who survived the September 2nd strike in Walid Rabha that killed 12 civilians. His legs were so badly burned in the strike that he can no longer drive or earn a living. I recently reached Nasser's brother by phone in his village in central Yemen to see how the survivors were getting on with life. Ahmed al-Sabuli told me that the Yemeni government provided Nasser and Sultan with just enough money to travel to Egypt to get treatment for their injuries, but that not much else has been done since then. Thank God they're okay now. As far as their health, they survived, but they of course feel they've been oppressed. We still don't know why they were targeted. It was a complete shock, and no one knows why this happened except for God. A person involved in criminal things should be afraid, Ahmed told me, but an innocent person should not have to live in fear like this. For The World, I'm Asi Bundawi in Yemen. For more on drones and that leaked Justice Department memo setting legal guidelines for drone strikes, come to theworld.org.